Hey, what's up? It's your girl Tanaka Johnson and this is Sit With That Podcast. Hey friend, how you doing? Well, I pray you're doing well. I'm doing better. I've been a little under the weather, which which is my excuse for not being here on last week or maybe even the week before. I was not feeling well and trust me, you do not want to hear what I sound like when I'm not feeling well and I'm still just coming around. So I'm going to get out of your way because you know I appreciate your time and I know you could be doing other things. So here's the deal. On the last episode of Sit With That, we talked about five myths of forgiveness. So this week I want to share the other five. So number six is I must forget in order to forgive. Hmm. No, friend. That is not true. To think that somehow we forget our pain when we forgive is definitely a myth. But one way to know that you have truly forgiven is when you can remember your hurtful story, but without the intense pain or the need for vengeance, right? So I've been thinking about this one for a while. I'm like, so does God forget? You know, I know that he, I'd read the scripture where he talks about, you know, he'd forgive our wickedness and remember our sin no more. So like, does that apply to me? Do I have to do that? Or the other scripture where it talks about uh, he will cast our sins into a sea of forgetfulness. And I was like, hmm, I had to sit with that for a minute. But the truth, what I did learn was that God doesn't forget. But he chooses not to remember or to hold things over us. And I am positive that that's his desire for us to do the same. Now, I know that's easier said than done. But the truth is, God knows everything. So it's impossible for him to forget anything. However, however, (laughs) when he forgives us, he does not bring up our sin ever again. In that same way, in that same fashion, once we've forgiven someone, that doesn't mean we forget. It means we won't bring up that issue again, that offense again, that thing that they said that hurt you, that thing they did to you. You won't bring it up again. Again, I know, I know that's easier said than done, but I promise you, if you Uh, would take the time to not bring it up as much or as often, it'll be harder for you to remember. We cannot forget, but we can choose what we will remember or what we want to remember. I heard the story about um, an old man who had a black dog and a white dog, and they constantly fought. They were always into it. And someone asked the old man, So which one won the most? And the old man answered them and said, the one I fed the most on that day. So it is with our thoughts. (laughs) Sit with that. So it is with our thoughts. The one we feed the most on that day. Will you feed your mind the pain and the misery of your past experiences so you keep them fresh? They're like on the front of your mind all the time because that's the thing you're feeding or will you choose to feed your mind the truth 
and the beauty and the grace and the forgiveness which God gives to us in essence so that we can give it to others, right? Philippians 4 and 8 says, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, that these are the things that we should think about. So which one will you choose? Or which one do you think will lead to freedom? Sit with that. Number 70 is forgiveness means condoning what happened to me. Now, you know that's a myth. <laughs> it does not mean that. It doesn't let them off the hook. What, uh, what, we, when, what forgiveness does mean, what it does do is when we forgive, we're changing the present and the future. But we're not changing the past. It is a myth to think that forgiveness somehow rewrites history or that by forgiving, we're in essence saying that um, what happened to us is acceptable or that it's not a big deal. What happened to you, what happened to me still happened. It was it's still wrong. Nothing changes that truth. But when we forgive. We're not trying to wrong, to make a wrong thing right or to diminish the violation that happened against us. Forgiveness cannot, it, it just, it sets us free, right? It sets us free and it, it doesn't change the past, but it changed the way we, it changes the way we feel about the past. Sit with that. So number eight is Forgiveness means I restore my trust in them. Now, you know, friend, that that is a myth, right? <laughs> a lot of times uh, I get the question about, so what do you do with repeat offenders? That person that keeps violating your trust. They say they're sorry and then they go right back to doing the same thing. That's really hard. But we still have to forgive them. We have to extend forgiveness to them. But trust must be earned. People can be given a second chance, all of that. But only when they've demonstrated that they've earned the right to be trusted. My son or friend or co-worker can lie to me. But it'll be difficult for me to trust them again until they've proven that they're trustworthy. So listen, this is a good nugget. Get you a pen, a pencil, or put it in your notepad on your phone. Do not be conned by empty words of regret. Do not be conned by empty words of regret. You must see actions behind their words. Listen, friend, I absolutely love the Bible. I have not always. <laughs> I have not always because I used to think it was boring and I couldn't understand all the thuses and the thous and the these. But then someone introduced me to new versions of the Bible, which blessed my life. And I fell in love with it. And I said, I'll let to say, um, John the Baptist and in Luke, the third chapter, he confronts this group of people who are going through these religious rituals like the water baptism without true repentance and change. 
So he tells them, prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. <laughs> Sit with that. That's the Bible. It's a myth to think that forgiving someone means that we must immediately trust them. Hopefully, we will. They'll earn our trust again. Preferably, they'll earn our trust again because I'm sure that's the way, you know, God would desire or designed it for us to forgive and then be able to trust again because we need one another, right? So number nine is another myth that I hear all the time and that I was uh, privy to. I thought that forgiveness was reconciliation. Forgiveness is not the same as reconciliation, right? With forgiveness, I can forgive you and you can forgive me. It's just a, it just takes one person to forgive. I can forgive someone and they not know that I've forgiven them. I don't have to go and tell them I forgave you. Or I can forgive someone who doesn't know that they've done anything to me. But reconciliation is a completely different concept or uh, concept than forgiveness is. With reconciliation, it requires the willing participation of someone else, right? So um, just like in your personal relationship, you must be willing to, uh, your personal relationship with God, you must be willing to forgive. But you need another person that's willing to do the work to uh, reconcile the relationship that was breached because of uh, unforgiveness. So that is definitely a myth, right? The truth is forgiveness does not always result in reconciliation. And in some cases, that is perfectly legitimate, right? Here's the deal. If you've done everything, like if you're that person who has done everything humanly possible, you've forgiven the person, you've written them letters, you've called them, you've made attempts to, you know, take them out to lunch, you've made attempts to uh, get counsel and all these other things because you have several different types of relationships, friendships, marriages, uh, uh, parental relationships, and you've done everything is a humanly possible to reconcile that relationship it is no longer between you and that person it's now between them and God all right sit with that so number 10 if I can get out of your way I don't want to waste your time 10 is forgiveness should be easy no ma'am no sir no friend if forgiveness was easy, then everyone would be doing it. Everybody would just be forgiven. You wouldn't have one gazillion books on forgiveness. Yes, I'm making up numbers. But you wouldn't have all these books on forgiveness trying to teach you how and when and when's a good time and how to do it and how to approach it and all of that if it was easy. Forgiveness is for courageous people. So I want to encourage you today that if you're forgiving, if you're walking that thing out and when offense and um, uh, offense and rejection and someone's violated you or hurt your feelings, 
and you're walking this thing out and you're forgiving, you are courageous. Forgiveness is not for punks or scary cats or or uh, cowardly lions. <laughs> that was so random. The Wiz is my favorite movie, but it's not easy. That is a myth, but people who forgive, they are courageous. If you watch or if you read what Jesus did for us on the cross and the forgiveness that he rendered to us, how painful that was, not comparing what we do to what Jesus did, of course not, but to lay down his life for us and to forgive us of our sins. My God, we've got to have it easier than he did, right? So it's hard, but you're courageous if you're doing it. What I've learned during this whole process is that forgiveness, it's divine. And when you've done the work, the reward is freedom. The reward to forgiveness is freedom. So you already know, I want to hear from you. DM me, inbox me, leave me a Facebook message on my timeline. Just get to me and let me know how you felt about these 10 myths of forgiveness. If you've heard any of them, if you've um, done any of them, <laughs> found yourself believing some of them, please let me know. My name is the same on all social media outlets as Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Tanaka Johnson as T-I-N-A-K-K-A. So please reach out to me and let me know what you have learned about forgiveness. Until next time, sit with that.